All right, and God's way is absolutely perfect. So we appreciate that so very much. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 30, uh, 93, 93, and we're going to begin with verse 1, Psalms 93, and a sermon I've titled, When God is Near. Now, one thing we didn't tell you in the announcements, but I want you men especially to be able to get prepared for this. On Wednesday night, Brother Milan is going to be preaching. Okay, so uh, those that uh, want to have a ch- uh, fun, have a chance to hear that, see that, be here Wednesday night. Now, actually, he's preached in our uh, chapels here at OCA, as well as some other areas, and great. He, he really does a great job. And uh, you'll enjoy it. I, I'll guarantee you, you'll enjoy it. And you'll be surprised what God can do with that piece of clay. Uh, but uh, it'll happen. And then you'll see all these. This is up. This is from our OCA graduation Friday night, and we said, well, we'll leave those ones up for Halloween. Uh, but, uh, no, actually, uh, uh, they will be coming down, but uh, I, I'm glad they're up there because it reminds me to tell you folks that uh, we, these teachers, everybody just worked together, and we had a great graduation. Brother Randy's sermons uh, Friday night was tremendous, and I just thought all of it really worked very, very well. So that, that was good, and thank you for your prayers on that behalf. And, and it, it was really, really good, something to behold. And I, I, I'm just glad I got to be, to be here and to be a part of it. And, and so it, it really, really went well. Um, then also, this Memorial Day weekend. And let's, let's remember a couple things. Number one, there are people that died on battlefields. I can remember my dad telling stories about people. They'd be pinned down, and, and he's got pe- dead people right there with him. Somebody he talked to just a few minutes earlier, and then they're dead. <clears throat> so, so we understand that. And, and um, you know, a lot of those things that happened back then, we didn't think about, but you and I are speaking English instead of German today, and uh, there's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, this COVID-19 thing's come along, and I can remember in high school, we it was required in, in my high school. And, you know, I get a kick out of it because here at OCA, we have standards of dress. Do you realize that the standard of dress at OCA is no different than it was when I was in high school and public school? As a matter of fact, I remember one girl getting sent home because her skirt went right to there, did not cover her knee. And that was in a public high school. This girl also uh, got, uh, uh, came to school with her, her, a scarf on, covered her hair because she shampooed her hair. Back then, we didn't have those 100-mile-an-hour blow dryers, you know. They, so she couldn't dry her hair, so she just put a scarf. They weren't supposed to wear scarves in school. And uh, so they made her take it off. And she just sat there and bawled her eyes out to the entire class, which I thought was fine because it got us out of a lot of classwork that we would have had written down. Uh, but but th- that's kind of the way it was. But we were always required to take, that, especially that last year, communism versus Americanism. That was required. And... What you have seen through this COVID-19, I mean, I can understand taking precautions, although all of the 
every model they've put out there has been wrong. But I can understand, though, taking precautions. I really can. And some people are still wearing masks, and that would be fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, some need to wear masks. Uh, but what you've actually seen a great illustration of is socialism in action. Trying to close down churches, telling people if you see somebody not social distance, call the government. You know, when we were studying about communism, they had people, boy, they, they made points if they were able to see somebody meeting in a church. I remember Sir Jai Kordikoff, who worked for KGB, until he got saved. But he talked about going to a baptism. And he headed up this KGB force. Saw the preacher out there baptizing, and he held him underwater till he drowned. And several of those people were killed baptizing, getting baptized. They'd go to a church, and um, they'd see people meeting. And, and there are those today who say, well, you know what? The government said you shouldn't meet. Those people thought it was worth their life to meet and learn about God. Okay, so again, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down, that's, but I'm just saying you had a good look at socialism. Now you say, why are you saying that on Memorial Day? Because one day I'm going to appear before God as well as every one of us shall give an account of himself unto God. I want my memorial to be a good memorial. Because there won't be any made-up facts. Everything that comes out is true. And so think about that. What would be my memorial? Not in the eyes of men, but in the eyes of God. So as we read our text today, in Psalms 93, verses, I would just read the whole chapter, but uh, it says, The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established. And it cannot be moved <laughs> because he made it. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thy house, O Lord, forever. I think a lot of churches, their memorial is going to be holiness wasn't a part of their house, the house of the Lord. They let down the standards. They changed the word. And they added the world to be user-friendly instead of God-pleasing. Yes, our God doesn't change. His house is forever. The things of this earth will pass away, but the things of God are for sure forever. Well, let's pray. Father, as we think of this message now, Lord, this passage, we think of when God is near because he is omnipresent.
There is no place where one can hide from God. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I would go and fall into the deepest sea, and thou art there, there is nowhere I can hide from thee. If I could go into a, a, a craft tonight that would take me to the furthest star, I'm still not hid from thee. You are near. And make everyone under the sound of my voice, whether it's in this auditorium, whether it's somewhere in another country, another state, or just another home where it's on the live stream or radio. I pray that you'd make each one well aware that God sees and God records and God knows. And he is near for our good. Thank you for that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> well, the Lord still reigns today. And he is full of majesty. And we know because of that one day, every knee will bow to him of things in heaven. I mean, all the angels, all the people that have been caught up to be with the Lord, things in heaven, things on earth. That new earth. And things under the earth. Even the devil himself and all the ones that are his angels that fell with him and all the souls that died without Christ. Their knee too will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day is coming. Every knee will bow. He is robed in omnipotence. He is all powerful. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. He is crowned and filled with omniscience. He's all-knowing. He knows every aspect of the human body. He knows every aspect of all nature. He knows every aspect of every cell. He knows it all. Why? Because he created the heavens and the earth. Even in 2 Peter when he says, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 2,000 years ago, that's written. And the words elements is the first step of matter in its Greek form in which it was written. The elements will melt. That talks about the splitting of an atom. <laughs> Peter had no idea of what he's talking about. That's how we know the Bible's God-breathed. We know it's God-breathed because Peter had no idea of Atomic theory, he's almost as dumb as I am about it. And he had no idea. But you know what? Everything he said was true. That's what happens. I think God allowed us to discover that so that we'd understand the Bible. Everything he says there is going to happen. The heavens will melt with fervent heat. Oh, wow. God knows. He's all-knowing. He created it all. He is the one who has set the course of, of the universe, all the stars. He set those courses. He's the one that set the bounds of the oceans and the rivers. He's the one, as Proverbs tells us, that has the winds in his hand. 
There is absolutely, absolutely no one, no kingdom, nor any combination of powers and spirits and man that shall ever overcome or overthrow him. From everlasting to everlasting, he's still God. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the God of gods. And no one can stay his hand. That's why when we read John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him. You know what? I am glad that the Lord put it in simple language. Because whosoever has this meeting, whosoever. Okay? People say, well, I know God chose some to go to hell. No. The only ones chosen to go to hell are those that reject Christ. And yet, they still have a chance, if they're still walking, to receive him. You see? And they can be saved. He said, whosoever, men who exalt themselves want to say, oh, no, some are chosen to go to hell. Some are chosen to go to heaven. You can't do anything about it. What's wrong with you? Why can't you believe God and just take him at his word? Really, until you prove God wrong, you're wrong. Until you prove God wrong, you are wrong. And because John 3.16 is true, there is hope for any human this side of heaven to have eternal life and to have life more abundantly. The question is today is do you have it? And am I allowing the abundant life to live through me? You know, today they talk about climate change. And really, some of it tried to connect it to the COVID-19 thing as well. Climate change. And I think about that. Do I believe what scientists are telling us? Or do I believe God? God said, as long as he lives, and that's forever, there'll be night and day, there'll be summer and winter. I believe God now. If you want to put a lot of money in green whatever, go ahead. Make sure you tithe it first. Uh, but really, when we do that, we're saying, science knows a little bit more about this than God does. No, God knows. God knows. Trust Him. Trust Him fully. Trust Him completely. And yes, there will be seasons that will continue regardless of what man's carbon footprint is leaving. Seasons will continue. God says so. In Psalms 37 verses 5 and 9 we read this. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. That is a promise of God, and he never breaks a promise. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Commitment is of the whole self. That is spirit. That is soul. That is mind as well as body. It's kind of like getting on an airplane. 
One is fully committed to the craft. Now they can say, look, we just have, we have this jet. It's already proven itself. And this, this jet is the best jet that was ever made. It's had so many flights. Its pilot is the best pilot in the world. He's graded out. And they'll show us videos of how great this jet is, how great this pilot is. And boy, they just go on and on about how great this is. All the safe flights that it's made. I think of the LL Airlines of Israel. Hell, <laughs> I like flying on them, not because of their comfort. I like flying on them because they're also loaded with weapons. Somebody tries to shoot, uh, some bomber comes up at them, they're going to shoot back at them. From, they, they're loaded with bombs and everything else. But I'm just saying is that they can show all that to you and you can be fully convinced. And yet, that craft could cash, crash. God's promises never fail. They will never, 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 never fail. You can trust him on that. But you get on that craft, then you're trusting the craft and you're trusting the pilot who flies it. God gave us his word. That's our craft. That's what we live life upon. That's what we trust upon. His Holy Spirit pilots that as he tells us what to do. He has attendance, just like you get on an airplane and that uh, attendant goes down and says, hey, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up. But you can look up there and you can see a light that tells you to buckle up. The pilot will come on and say, buckle up. And so you hear the captain speaking. Sometimes he'll say, flight attendants, go to your post, flight attendants, whatever. And they do everything he says. I like to think of myself as a pastor, but also as Christians in general, as flight attendants, as we go through this life. And our captain tells us, make sure. You've got your children, you've got your friends, and you help them so that they make life's journey successfully. Because it's all in the manual. What is that manual? It is the Word of God. That is the craft. And so if you'll just obey what God's Word has to say, look, I like Acts 17.11. You'd, you'd think, well, you shouldn't like that one. But I like it because it says they at Berea were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. Well, who was preaching? Paul. Paul was preaching. He said those people were noble for doing that. Look, if you say I don't have to search anything that Andy Bloom says when he's preaching the word, then you're foolish. Confirm everything by the Word of God. Confirm it all. It's there. Let the Word of God be the final authority in all things. All things. It is the final authority for us. Well, we have a captain. 
It is the Lord Jesus Christ. When we put our faith and trust in him, he would take us all the way. He gave us the word. He gave us his Holy Ghost to guide us and direct us because Jesus Christ paid the airfare. He paid the airfare. Jesus paid it all. And because he paid it all, we can go. This is the God that we have. We just need to do uh, what the captain says to do. Just take him at his word and do what he says to do. You know, in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 15, we read this. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Is that something? Joshua follows Moses, and Moses had an experience in the desert where there's a bush on fire, and he finds out the voice of the Lord is in that bush. It's not burning up, but it's on fire. And he tells Moses, Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And now Joshua gets the same thing. And what does he get it from? The captain of the host. The captain of our faith. And by the way, let me tell you this. This is what the Bible calls, a, or what we call, a Christophany. You say, what is in the world is a Christophany? That is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ in a form of an angel. You say, well, would you say that he was actually Jesus Christ? Well, we know good angels in heaven. We know two things about them. First, they don't receive worship. This one received worship. If it had just been an angel... He, he would have been wrong. He would have been in sin. He would have fallen right there because he's not supposed to receive worship. We know that when John was caught up to heaven, he started to bow down to worship this, this one, and, and he says, See thou, do it not. I'm of thy brethren, the, uh, the prophets. Worship God. A good angel will not receive worship that's due unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, my friend, this is a Christophany. This is Jesus uh, in that form. This appearance. A good angel never accepts worship. They only do that that uplifts a holy God. And secondly, 
a good angel. A good angel does not make it holy ground. Jesus does. He makes it holy ground. And you know what? We need to think about that. Have your lives holy. He says, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Allow him to work in you. Allow him to work through you. Allow him to be your Lord, your God. Allow him to be your all in all. Commit yourselves to trust him wholly with your spirit, with your mind, with your body. Trust him. And as we read in Psalms, he will bring it to pass. But commitment is to trust him above our, completely above our own feelings, above our own understanding, above our knowledge. By trusting his word and understanding all things work together for good to those that love God, for those who are the called according to his purpose. When God told Moses to pick up that cane he threw down and it ended up being a serpent, pick it up. Now, now some of you guys have no problem with that. This guy's a big chicken. I know snakes probably like chicken too. So I, I am not going to pick up that snake. And he said to pick it up by the tail. You think about that. He had to go beyond his own understanding to pick up that snake. Why? Because he trusted God. I don't always know why, but I know I can trust him. I know, I know, I know I can trust him. He is the Lord God over all things. My friend, if your love for God is real and deep, it will not be a burden. Rather, a desire and an honor to fulfill. Will there be opposition? Oh, yes. Yes. Opposition is great. They're strong. They oppose you at every turn. But you don't focus on the opposition. You focus on the Lord. You focus on His Word. Martin Luther, who's called the Reformer, To be quite honest with you, I'm not a fan of Martin Luther. He hated Israel. He hated Jews. That's a fact of history. I'm not a fan of that. He didn't believe the book of James and through the rest of the Bible from James on. He didn't believe that it was part of the inspired word of God. I'm thankful for what he did have and what he did learn. Because it was a help. Now look, Baptists go way back before the Reformation. Matter of fact, Lutherans helped Catholics try to kill Baptists. That's another fact of history. But I'm still thankful that he found out that salvation was by grace through faith. I'm glad that he found that out. I really am. But I like when something that he said that was very good. And it's something that we each need to know. 
If I profess with loudest voice and dearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at the moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ. However boldly, I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the battlefield besides is merely flight and disgrace if he flinches at the point that Satan is attacking. That is so right. That is so right. Now, friend, ours is to trust fully in his word. What he says, that's what we do. Victory and peace. Is it in your life? You know, I think it'd be good to read through Psalms 37 sometimes. Just read it long and hard and, and meditate on it for a while. And you'll find out. You'll find out. You can trust God in everything. But you've got to read it and trust to get to know him. You know, the Lord is near. I think his coming is soon, but when I say the Lord is near, uh, I have no doubt, being omnipresent, he's here with us today. But he's also in every spot of this world, he's omnipresent, knows exactly what's going on. And in saying that, I can say this. Do you know that heaven is your home? You know, a lot of people can go back. We can all talk about the skeletons in our closet. We can go back and we can talk about bad things in our lives. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross for it. So you wouldn't have to go to hell for it. He died for every sin I ever have or ever will commit. I'm still living. I'm still breathing. I'm still going to sin. So are you. But Jesus has already paid it all. The consequence of my sin is, well, first, it's a loss of reward. The consequence of my sin and when I sin is that it is like a spit in the face of my Lord. The consequence of my sin is I may not have the power of God. I shared with the school this week these two graduations. If it's my child that's in the hospital, if it's my spouse that's in the hospital, and the doctor comes out of surgery and says only prayer will save that child or save that spouse, do I have power with God? That God would hear me in that behalf. My child, it was not your responsibility. My spouse is not your responsibility. It's mine. A lot of people have been praying for me, and I know they have, but God has answered. 
But I want to tell you something. The first responsibility falls on me to search and know why God wanted me to keep me here. I don't deserve it. But one thing I do know, I know that if I died today, that heaven is my home. If I died today, you can't threaten me with heaven. But I can tell you this. He says, him to come to me, I will in no wise cast out. He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? He told Mary, a virgin young girl, when she says, how's this going to be? How can I have a baby? I don't know a man. He says, is anything too hard for God? Look, he's God. He's almighty God. And he can save you. God is near. And yet he can be near, but not in your heart because you've not received him as your Lord and Savior. When I say in your heart, I'm not talking about the physical thing. I'm talking about your very inner man and being. I'm not asking you, are you religious? I'm not asking you, have you been baptized? I'm not asking you, uh, have you read the Bible? I'm asking you, was there a day you realize I'm a sinner that deserves to go to hell and I need a Savior and Jesus Christ is that Savior? And believing and trusting Him, you received Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, what's the follow-up? Because getting saved isn't the ultimate. He also said to teach them to observe. Did you first follow the very first commandment He gives you after salvation? You know what that is? Get baptized. You got saved, but you never got baptized by immersion after salvation? You need to come follow up and get that right. Get it right. But my friend, I can tell you right now, though, today, if you'll come to him, he'll save your soul. That's the God I have. And he's proven himself over and over again. Oh, receive him. Let's bow our heads, please.